Welcome to another episode of On the Way Home, where I share intimate stories, conversations, and scenes from my everyday life here in Amman. For this episode, I invited an old high school classmate and now friend, Awatuf. Did you did you eat yet? Not yet. Girl. It's okay. Wait, I have I know I didn't bring She's someone I shared a homeroom class with for two years before we went our separate and very different ways. It is absolutely wild to me that this year marks almost nine years since I graduated high school in Oman. In the years following my graduation, I lost touch with a good chunk of the girls I studied with. I wasn't particularly active on social media, and quite frankly, I was too eager for what lay ahead of me that I didn't bother to think much of what or who I left behind. Halfway through my years abroad, I started being somewhat active on social media. I reconnected with some of the girls online, where we mostly shared memes and random posts. The longer I went without connecting with someone and the less I knew about their current personalities, the harder it was for me to make a decision about reaching out to them. Awatuf was one of the few people I maintained some level of conversation with, and even then, reconnecting with her as someone from my past was accompanied by momentary anxiety and shyness. As someone who's not particularly used to these feelings, I was surprised by them. When I invited Awatuf to the studio, I confessed to her what was going on in my mind when we started talking again. I think one of my biggest hesitations sometimes about um, reaching out to people mm-hmm. from the past um, is thinking to myself that maybe our differences, because it's been so many years and mm-hmm. we've all grown and changed, maybe our differences will get in the way of us having just a relationship mm-hmm. in general. And I was very happy and comforted by the fact that you weren't one of those people. And so far, I can't say that I've met someone who made me feel like that. Mm-hmm. And maybe because I'm pretty selective about it anyways. Mm-hmm. Like I go through this kind of like mental vetting process mm-hmm. of like, if I just throw this topic, what are they going to say about it? Exactly. You're you testing know? the water before actually going in. Definitely. Um, and I think I was really, really pleasantly surprised. And, and it's from, I, I don't know how it makes you feel for me to say like this, like for, because for me, so it's so proud, like emotional butterflies. <laughs> um, because yeah. it's really well for me that we've graduated high school eight, nine years ago. Yeah. And it's been a long time and I'm actually really like eager to meet other people that I've studied with. But I feel like like certain people I did not click with because I know that there would be uh, there would be some differences in terms of ideas, beliefs. Uh, the change is not necessarily towards the positive sometimes mm-hmm. when it comes to personalities. But I feel like I can I wouldn't say I can vibe with everyone, but I know which routes to take with certain people and which topics I should discuss and which ones I should mm-hmm. not. So yeah, I feel um, like reconnecting with specific people and having that relationship with them that lasts for many years and finding out that they are, like they've been hesitant because there's some sort of fear of rejection, but like they trust you enough to reconnect with them and talk to them is just overwhelmingly great and amazing because... I know it's difficult these days to, you know, place your trust in everyone and that uh, because of past experiences, because you fear that you're going to be judged, that kind of makes you hold back sometimes to actually reach out. It's, it's mm-hmm. like one of the reasons fearing of being judged. And I have that as well. That's why I feel like I, I also do the same. So I, I would test things before I actually fully 
trust mm-hmm. people. I notice patterns. I notice you're very good at that. Yeah. yeah, and how they interact with other people in front of them and behind them because that says something. That says a lot about you. So I can safely say, I can safely say that you are one of the people that I actually trust, <laughs> like deeply trust. And there aren't many of those, honestly, because I'm I'm also kind of selective when it comes to the circle that I have that surrounds me. I'm I'm really selective. I'm glad I got that off my chest. I wasn't sure how Awatif would react to my social strategy, and I'm relieved to know that it wasn't a particularly odd approach. And again, in my defense and the defense of anyone who does this, eight or nine years is a long time where anything could happen. Also. If you can't tell by the way she talks, Awatuf is a psychological counselor. I don't have the best memory of what I was like in high school, let alone other people. So I'm always entertained by what people remember about me, and I think the same applies to them. When Awatuf and I passed the threshold of sharing memes and actually started talking, some parts of my blurry memory burst with some clarity as we listed the names of our old classmates, who we stayed in touch with, which ones got married and have kids, who moved out of our hometown, etc. So it wasn't just us connecting with each other, but attempting to do the same with the characters who shared the same space with us when we were younger. As for Awatif, here's how I remember her from that time. She was an outgoing person who loved anything related to art from fashion, makeup, and drawing. She had a core friend group, but that didn't stop her from getting along with others and floating between different groups. And I think her social flexibility only grew with time. And over time, the more I talked to her, the more I noticed a growing urge to connect or at the very least learn about those figures from the past. I didn't spend much time reflecting on why I had this urge and if it's useful or productive at all for my current person. To help me form my own thoughts, I wanted to hear from Awatlif on why she connects with people from the past. What does it do for her? I think part of it is um, having that connection to the past, mm-hmm. the nostalgia, the feeling that we all were together at a certain point in a certain situation. It brings back a lot of great emotions, to be honest. And it brings a lot of great memories that uh, you lived a couple of years in your life that you spent with these th- with this group. Um, and I can honestly say that without the group that I was with in high school, it would have been completely different. I mean, I had fun. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of fun in high school. And if it was just a situation where, okay, I know this person and I know Fatma, but it's from far away and I'm not really mixed together with these people, it would have felt empty. Mm. I wouldn't have those memories, those good memories. Um because I feel like that's like one of the most important things for me to look back and know that I've lived uh, a good life in the past, even if it was like a couple of years when I've, I've known those people, but it was a good experience. That's what I really cherish. Besides that, I like to follow up with their advancement, like where they are in life, because certain people do inspire me. Mm-hmm. You have that like the sense of competition that, okay, this person reached this point. Okay, great. Then maybe I can do it because we were together at a certain point. We were at the same level, then why not? So I compare that as well, but not in a toxic and, you know, obsessive way, but I like to see where these people reached out and I feel really proud to know them that they've reached a certain level and they've uh, achieved the goals that they wanted. So yeah, these are like the things that I really look into 
Um, other than that, I just like the sense of relationship. You know, I, I like to have that relationship where I do not focus on myself for once and focus on other people. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Unlike the Western popular depiction of the high school experience, our classroom was a really good place to be in. Amato and I went to a public all-girls high school, which had around 800 girls. It consisted of 12 senior classes and 12 junior classes, and every class had 30 to 35 students. For better or worse, our school was packed. I don't know if this is still applicable, but we grew up with the homeroom class system, meaning that students were stationed in a class for the entire year and teachers would migrate from one class to another to teach. Our particular homeroom had a concentration of academically high-achieving girls. You were popular if you were smart, and even more popular if you were disciplined, came prepared for class, and ready to answer any question our teachers threw at you. Most everyone was friendly with each other, and I think we had one or two people who cared to be competitive, but that sentiment wasn't strong in the overall atmosphere of the class. Awadaf and I were part of different friend groups within our classroom, but we goofed around a lot. We were definitely one of the clowns and more extroverted ones, who provided free entertainment to our classmates whenever we had a free period. We were so rowdy, yet genuinely innocent. I fondly reflect on those good memories that Awadaf mentioned, and I agree with her about keeping up with people's lives and advancements, not only because it can be motivating, it reminds me that I am no longer, in fact, a kid. I truly forget how many years have passed till I see and learn about those changes in people's lives. Hearing her talk, I came up with a couple of more reasons as to why I have the urge to connect with people from the past. As I've grown to claim Muscat as my home, my life prior to going abroad just feels so distant. So, being in the presence of someone from that particular chapter of my life bridges the distance that I feel with my past upbringing. So, like, when I came to visit you <laughs> in Ibra and we went to... Um, Minsfa. Al Mensfa, and yeah. they had the little fort there. Yeah. And we stopped by to get some food because I was hungry. Mm-hmm. And then the older gentleman was asking us, like, where are you, where are you, where you girls from? Um, I think I told you this before, but I'm just going to reiterate it because this is what it does to me to reconnect with people mm-hmm. from the past. It's easier for me to claim that past and to mm-hmm. claim where I'm from. Yeah. When I am with someone who is from the same place that I came from, it's so much easier for me to say, yeah, I'm from Bremi or yeah. I'm from there yeah. sort of thing. Because if I'm with other people or by myself, I'd be like, oh, I'm from Muscat. Like, the know? general answer that the everyone general. gives. <laughs> yeah. We're all from Muscat at a certain point. We've been from Muscat. <laughs> but it's so much easier for me to claim that past because I think reconnecting with people from the past, especially if you have like a good relationship with mm-hmm. them right now, just reminds me how far I've come. Yeah. Like I'm 25, you're 27. Like it's just like how far we've come. Oh We're, my God. <laughs> you know? God, we feel so, oh God, I feel so old. Thank you. <laughs> 27. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I've never really um, had any form of imagination about how the future is going to be. But this is like, this is a good, like, we're, we're, we're in a good spot. We're honestly. in a great spot. I yeah. really like the spot. I feel like the growth that we've achieved is amazing compared to what we were in high school. <laughs> Come on. Let the record show that I have no issues being from El Bremi nor making that public information. 
One of the popular reactions I get for saying that I'm from El Bremi is a lot of follow-up questions that I generally do not have the energy to entertain, nor the information to answer. But how did your tribe end up there? Where are you originally from? You don't sound Armani. Why is your accent like that? All back to back with no chance for me to even breathe. So for my peace of mind, and to keep the conversation short, I just say I'm from Muscat. Quite frankly, I'd get even more irritated when the questions get super personal just because someone is confused as to why I'm from there. Turns out, I'm not the only one who has these encounters, and most of my friends from El Bremi actually face the same reactions. Once I realized that, I instantly became less annoyed about the whole thing and felt less alien. I have a theory as to why we get those reactions though. From my very anecdotal experience, our hometown has a lot of people and families that came from different places and settled there. And my generation, which was born and raised there, didn't interact with the same worlds that our families came from. At least, not in the same amount, if none at all. In fact, I think we were going through a very different cultural experience because of institutions like my high school. The Bramey analysis is spot on, spot on. It has to do with the appearance, it has to do with the accent, it has to do with the mindset. I mean, there is a lot, like a lot of factors that play into, you know, being mistaken to be from somewhere else. And yeah, we, we, yeah, we definitely have the same experience in terms of Raimi and the confusion. Looking back at it, our school overall was pretty diverse. We had a decent number of international students and Omanis with origins from all over Oman. In our homerooms, we were experiencing a level of mixing between groups that might have been unknown to the older generation that moved to Bremi. And one of the few things that distinguish us as Bremi people is our dialect and an odd lack of general knowledge on tribal genealogy because for some reason, our peers in other parts of Oman know so much about that. Plus, we border the UAE and there's just a lot of cultural mashups that we grow up with and form such a big part of our lives, which doesn't seem to be an experience we share with the majority of Oman. Again, all of this is very anecdotal, and I felt for the longest time that I might be alone in this experience and that maybe it has to do with my appearance more than anything. But to my surprise, several of my Bramie peers corroborated this theory, including Awatlaf. Turns out, my appearance was an added layer, but the core reactions we get seem to be consistent. So, when I was with Awatov, we both knew, without speaking, that the gentleman asked us where we're from in part because of our accents. We exchanged knowing looks, turned to him, and said that we're from Bremi. I can't emphasize how comforting and entertaining it is to be able to discuss those shared experiences that we carry no matter where we are in Oman. At this stage of our lives, it feels like this past is one of the few things that Awatov and I have in common. While I'm based in one place, Muscat, Awatov splits her time between three places, El Bremi, Muscat, and Ibra. When she's not working, she's on the road to one place or another for all sorts of reasons and obligations. So I was wondering if she ever predicted this life that she has right now, because I sure did not predict the life I have. Not really, honestly. I had the idea that maybe I will be working in Muscat mm-hmm. since most of the opportunities, you know, focused in Muscat. You can find more opportunities in Muscat and it's closer. But when the opportunity presented itself, I was like, 
why not? Let me just challenge myself for once and just go to a place that is far. And it's not the first time that I've done it. Um, I've challenged myself to be distant from my family and, you know, be completely independent. But in terms of having work opportunities, uh, the type of work that I do, we don't have that many opportunities to begin with. So when the opportunity presented itself, I was like, you know what, let's go, let's do this. Mm-hmm. I had no car, no driving license. I knew nobody in the area. And I was like, you know what, let's go, let's do this. How did you manage at the time? Well, I lived in a small hostel with a bunch of students and there were um, employees as well in the same building. So I started, you know, getting to know a few people. And at work, the people that I worked with were like really, really, really nice people that I work with. Um, my coworker in the section, she was like the kindest person that you would ever meet, still is till this day. Um, she treated me like a sister. So it was easier to, you know, uh, build a form of trust with her um, mm-hmm. and feel safe to, you know, express my needs. Whenever I needed something, she was there to actually you know, help out. Also, since I work in a place uh, like in the education sector, most of the employees that I work with are in the same age group. So it was easier to actually, you know, merge with them because we're almost the same age, yani 90s uh, generation. So <laughs> it was, it was yeah, yeah, it was easier to actually, you know, to get to know them oh, and nice. be involved with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I pushed myself afterwards to actually get my driver's license under two months. And I did that. And then I got my car and I started driving long distance. It was hectic. But you know what? It, it was it was a great achievement that year. And this happened all together in one year. I did that. What year was that? I think it was 2019. 2019. 2019. Okay. So I joined um, my workplace in February. Mm-hmm. And then I got the driver's license, I think. Maybe it was August-ish, August, I think. I got the car at on November and the same week I just started driving around. It was fun. And that also allowed me to actually explore other areas within the state that I live at. Mm-hmm. It was it was fun to actually explore these areas because I used to go with my driving uh, instructor. And because there's someone next to you, you feel safe to go to these places. Mm-hmm. But when you go alone, it's a completely different story. So you can imagine the horror that I was feeling when I was going to those places. I'm like, okay, I think I'm lost. Maybe I'm lost. Or I think maybe I'm in the wrong place. I took the wrong turn, something. But you know what? I always ended up, you know, trying to push myself to discover those areas and, you know, have fun with it. What is life without, you oh, know, a lot of some challenges? Some challenges. Yeah. This was not the first time Awatif jumped into the deep end of things. A couple of years before I met her in high school, she applied and got into the Kennedy Lugar Youth Exchange and Study Program, known as YES Program, which unfortunately no longer runs in Oman. As a part of this program, she spent 10th grade as an exchange student in the United States, where she lived with a host family for that entire year. This might make me sound old, but back in those days... I don't think it was common for many girls from our hometown to pursue their higher education abroad, let alone going away as a teen. And she came out of it as a more independent, resourceful, and flexible person. I knew those general things about Awatif, but I didn't realize that her first exposure to the world of psychology and general interest can be traced back to that time of her life too. 
the person who was actually conducting the interviews and, you know, supervising us was actually a counselor herself. I will not mention the name due to, you know, professional relationships. Uh, but she was, uh, she had a psychology degree. She was the nicest person that I've known. And then co- like, like out of the blue, when I first started college, I met one of her siblings and the same, uh, yeah, I was doing psychology. Her sibling was doing a different degree. But then she spoke to me. She told me that I am this person's sister. I was like, yeah, she was my supervisor. And we started talking. Mm -hmm. Um, I haven't seen her since uh, we got back from the U.S., but she had a great influence on the current Awaltaf. Yeah, because I saw how she dealt with things, how she was very understanding with us, um, how she took care of every single detail and how was she, she was like picking the right family for the right student because that was part of their job is picking host families for the for the exchange students. Mm-hmm. So they were really careful in picking out the individuals that we will live with for like an entire year. So that was like one of the things that were really great about her. And I, I started um, learning more about it and how it should actually be in schools and in in universities. Um, Unfortunately, here in Arman, uh, with counselors, I do not mean to offend anybody, but the problem is with the role of counselors in in schools in general, um, it's not the actual, it's not the actual job that they do. It's not the actual job of a counselor. It's more like an administrative and you have Mm -hmm. one, two, three tasks and that's it. Um, We had a counselor um, at the, in high school, but I did not really connect with her as much as I did with the with the other two administrators, the activities uh, specialist, and the other one was mm-hmm. um, for entrepreneurship. They were really supportive. Uh, when I met other people at college, the instructors, the counselor herself that was there, uh, it changed my idea completely about uh, the field and how the job should be done mm-hmm. like properly. So as I, I started studying, I noticed that there are certain things that need to be changed in order for me to be a good counselor. Mm, like what? Oh, a lot. Like me being the person that I am today, I feel like I'm more outgoing than I used to. As outgoing as I remember her to be, Awatov told me that she had to become even more outgoing since her job requires engaging with people so much. Another thing that had to go out of the window is procrastinating, which she used to be able to get away with in college, but not since she started working. Plus, remember that she splits her time between three different areas. Someone who has that schedule does not have time for procrastination. As we continue talking, we both realize that she is actually the only person from our homeroom that got into the field of psychology. And no one from her family is in this career path. I don't think so. Yeah, I'm the only one from the batch who's a counselor. Yay for me, I'm special. (laughs) (laughs) I think that might be the case with me too. Most of the girls in our class ended up pursuing some form of science or business academic programs. For me, what I do sounds pretty vague to a lot of people. I pursued humanities and currently work in communications. So, I often wondered if my academic and career route played a role in feeding that distance I occasionally feel when connecting with people from the past. But I don't really have an answer to that question. 
Awatov, however, had a very interesting experience because of her unique career path. Does that make it harder or easier or maybe it doesn't play a role at all in connecting with people from the past, like having this very specific and different career path? No, no, it doesn't make it really difficult because um, whenever I tell them that I'm a counselor and mm-hmm. I work in this field, they have a tendency to, to even connect even more because, okay, can you help me with this? What should I do with this situation? Ah, so they, they, they ask they to reach out, account. but I'm okay. like, this is not ethical, guys. I'm your friend. I cannot counsel mm, you. Yeah. Okay. It's not ethical. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, a lot of people reach out um, when, when they find out I'm a counselor. But like, I feel like I should redirect them to the right place. Mm-hmm. to other counselors because I do not want to know their deepest darkest secrets because you know that sometimes will change your view about people and plus you might run into them in the next like lunch gathering yeah and it would be awkward would be really awkward so yeah, I, I tried to keep uh, my job and my personal life a little bit separated mm-hmm. yeah and refer them back to other counselors that I know to think that we're at an age where this is what we talk about work-life balance and avoiding conflict of interest I love hearing Awatov's perspective on so many things because it's easy to draw on whatever she shares, despite being at very different places in our lives. I'm really glad that I made that active step to connect with her and some of our other mutuals because it helped me maintain a sense of continuity to my person and track how I evolved. As a kid, adulthood wasn't an experience I could imagine clearly nor positively. Our public schools, in general, were one of the few safe places I had where everything was predictable and somewhat easy to navigate. Beyond that, nothing was particularly clear nor familiar, which turned out to be exciting for me once I left school. I changed a lot in ways that I love, but I'm not sure how others might take that change, which is a part of what made me anxious about creating a sense of home for myself here. And what I appreciate so much about Awatov is how accepting she is. I'm not afraid of being different around her. It's something that brings me a lot of ease as I continue to live out this chapter of my life. And I can't wait to see how things will turn out when we're older. Thank you so much. And I think I'm getting really hungry too. I don't know if the mic is picking up on my stomach howling. (laughs) Okay, no, great. So now we can go and get our lunch. On the Way Home is brought to you by Oman FM. This show is available for streaming on all podcast platforms. This episode was hosted and produced by me, Fatma Jar'i, and you can follow me on Instagram at Fatma's Eyes, F-A-T-E-M-A-S, Eyes, sound engineered by Salam Barwani, edited and mixed by Abdullah Mi'ouli. Thank you for listening.